You know, that's a good point because sometimes I will I will bump up the speed on like audiobooks and things like that when mm-hmm. I feel like and I feel like I'm retaining the information better that way. Yeah. Yeah. Although I will say, like, I I do like to um uh dial down the speed when I'm listening to Terry Gross on NPR because I love (laughs) to hear her sound really drunk but say really smart things. Tonight. Hey. Hey, man. How's it going, dude? Great. Good to be with you guys. Good to be with you too, man. Yeah. Congrats on the new album. Oh, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. It was a long time coming, and uh, you know, COVID kind of put a dent in my plans to get it out sooner. Yeah. But, um, but it's out. And Did, uh, you were working on that for a while. You had said before. I, I read somewhere that you were going going for a while. But did COVID like? Did it make you stop and change some stuff or was well, it just no it wasn't that I was I wasn't working on it. It was that the record was done. Okay. Uh, we recorded the record essentially in 10 days in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, then my producer, engineer, uh partner, um, we finished it over the next few months at home. The rest of it, what we had to do, but it was just, you know, when COVID happened, um, it didn't make sense to tour. You know, we couldn't yeah. tour and promote the record so there was just a huge long delay when uh it was finally released so gotcha. that was annoying but you know yeah life, yeah life happens right exactly did you what did you do in the meantime like because uh it's got to be one of those things where like i know you did some live streams which i got i got to catch a couple of those did you like that <laughs> the live stream is it's weird <laughs> because like i i mixed feelings about it one one th- i did do it and it was um, the feedback from the fans was great and yeah. you know, it was better than not playing, but there, there's some, like, like to be honest, I mean, it doesn't compare to playing in person. No. There's yeah. no, and for the artist, for the performer, it's just fucking weird because there's no, <laughs> there's no audience there. I mean, they're there, but when right. you don't like part of the show and, and of the experience is that the palpable energy yeah. in the room from other people it makes you play differently it makes you emote differently and it, it, it like the energy is like you know it 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 moves you you know what i mean yep. so when you take that out it's just a weird kind of a vibe where it's like i don't know you know what i mean it's like i'm sometimes i feel like i'm just playing to myself you know which is oh, yeah okay but you know so you, you make do with it but but like the last live stream i did well actually two live streams ago mm-hmm. um i'm just me i don't have anybody else here with me trying to you know help me with the logistics of putting the live stream out and right. yeah i did an entire set thinking i was live thinking i it went out live oh. and people were seeing it and i'm thinking after this set it was like an hour it was about an hour long and i'm thinking damn i sounded pretty fucking good <laughs> I, I like what i did yeah I, and i was like telling my friends i'm like yeah this sh- you should uh 
know, because you can rewatch it after it's mm-hmm. done. I was like, yeah, catch it on the rewatch. Like, I don't think you at, were actually live, Sean. I don't think your show went out. And then I looked back and nobody saw it. And oh it was just God. a matter of like something technical that wasn't yeah. clicked, you know. Um, so it, it can be like maddening, you know, that aspect of it. There's been a couple of times, man. I've we're trust me, we're live now. But when, yeah. there's been times <laughs> where Tom hasn't been able to be here or whatever. Yeah. And I'm trying to run everything on my own. And uh, we had a guy on is a good buddy of mine. He's a comic, and uh, he's just really great. And he went on this whole thing, man. It was fucking hysterical, right? The whole the, twenty minutes we're talking mm-hmm. about this one topic. He's going off. We're having a great conversation, whatever. And I look to the left of the screen, and I'm going, "We're not live." And now I, I was like, I don't want to ruin the momentum because right. we still have another forty minutes to go. Right. So I like literally just like leaned on the mouse a little bit and then clicked it. But then of course, right across the screen, it says, "You are now live," and he's like. <laughs> what was that and i was like no it's yeah. just uh <laughs> it's like maybe in a moron but yeah it, right it's a real bummer it when that happens happens though yeah. yeah um did you i mean i think for a while the social media stuff because i remember seeing you post something where you were like i i don't see the benefit of social media anymore yeah you know like how did that come about like because i i understand that feeling completely and it is very yeah. monotonous and homogenistic and you know um yeah because it's just one of those things that you know this bizarre experiment that we are uh you know thrusting ourselves upon socially you know with with the media and with um you know all forms of it social media it just there's an element of it that's really as obviously a facade and it's it's not you know what i mean like it really there's like no way around it for people who have a business, you know what I mean? And, uh, yep. you know, it's like, it, it's, it's just, it's part of the fabric of, of owning a business. Now you just like, that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But even we all know that it's not real. You know what I mean? Yep. There's, there's, there's this element that it's just not real. So I think, I think it, it's good to have a healthy pause from it, you know. Mm-hmm. And honestly, when I posted that, I didn't know if I was going to come back to it or not. Right. Um. So, and I wanted to leave that up there because I think it's, you know, it's just like, yeah, man, people go through some shit and they're like, I got to take a break from this, man. Yeah. Because it's, it really affects your, like our brains are still in, uh, you know, like, primitive mode you know Mm -hmm. in a way so we haven't like evolved to be like this to be like that wired you know what i mean it just it's it it can't be good for us you know so maybe that one day if we haven't completely annihilated ourselves that we'll have created like some kind of a pod (laughs) that you can go in and it sort of resets you and acclimates you to this kind of lifestyle that'd be so great every night you just go into the pod like the sleep, you don't have to worry about like taking anything for sleep. You you just you sleep because you're in this pod. Yeah, it's the most beautiful sleep, and that it's restorative. And then it just like you know molds your brain to the new way of life, the, oh. the brave new world that we're in. You know, yeah, because there's just no stopping the train. You know, so we need to get know. that idea to Elon Musk before he goes full supervillain. Oh, he's then... here. He's in the bathroom. <laughs> Elon, I'm going to be on this for about a, a half hour. 
It'd be great if you actually move the camera and he's just tied up in a glass right. case on your wall. Right. <laughs> and you're like, he's not going anywhere. I love listening to interviews with him because uh, he's like, unlike, he talks like nobody else. Like he yeah. talks like he's just figuring the stuff out, you know? Yeah. Like he's just like, it's just the way he, that he expresses himself. It's really interesting. It's it like, is. You know, fascinating that uh, he knows as much as he does. Sometimes you wouldn't, you wouldn't know by the way he, describes things just like a kid you know which yeah, i think yeah. is cool yeah yeah it's interesting it was him and i can't think of who the podcaster was but you know elon takes long pauses and he's like you said like yeah. he's just discovering this shit that he should be yeah. you know that you think would be right on the tip of his tongue and then the other podcaster whoever was interviewing him was also really really like a, a thoughtful guy and really slow i had to bump it up to two times the speed to get it to sound normal Oh, that's was interesting. Like, I was like, I can't, I, I can't do this. It was like a three hour, you know, like the whole thing yeah. or whatever. And I was like, Boop. and then they, it was fine after that. You know, that's a good point because sometimes I will, I will bump up the speed on like audiobooks and things like that when mm -hmm. I feel like, and I feel like I'm retaining the information better that way. Yeah. Yeah. Although I will say like, I, I do like to, um, uh, dial down the speed when i'm listening to terry gross on npr because i love <laughs> to hear her sound really drunk but say really smart things <laughs> i've never played that game but oh, now i good. want to that's it's a so great fun it's oh really that's fun. hilarious no yeah. that's fucking great um yeah the 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 speed thing on those i'll do it when i'm like watching a how-to video because i find that people who want to show you how to do things are really invested in their own voice and how mm. clever they are and i'm just like dude i just want to know how to fucking build this thing yeah get to the end yeah. and i'll just speed that shit up because like but before we start have you guys yeah ever and i'm just like oh fuck yeah God. yeah i get it, it i up. got that yeah it's weird what did what were the things when you were doing the uh the live stream and stuff like that were there any moments that you had with fans where like you were like you know what this is nice because i wouldn't have gotten this on the road because there's a couple times where i was like somebody from the Netherlands is watching like that was like a weird experience where you know did you get to discover have people discover you that you hadn't before yeah what I found was that there were people tuning in from you know all over the world mm -hmm. uh which was awesome and then I found that a lot of the same people kept coming back you know mm -hmm. so that was really cool um you built a community yeah 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 and um i think that people were tuning in to also talk to each other you know what i mean yeah yeah uh, to sit check in with each other too so um that was really cool and so yeah you know it's you can't underestimate that kind of um sentiment because a lot of people were cooped up you know and um, sure. having some sort of live music you know uh, when you couldn't go out and see anybody, you know, it's better than nothing, you know? So absolutely. Yeah. Uh, when you were doing this album, cause I was kind of, you know, I, I loved your stuff. So I listened to the new one when it came out and, uh, it's a little bit of a departure from your other stuff. And that was intentional. I'm assuming, right? Definitely. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I really like that idea. I mean, to me, like some of my favorite artists, were like that you know what i mean the yeah. record is different neil young and right uh, right leonard cohen and you know every every record is is different and that's like it's intentional but it's also like situational i mean because i use different people 
Um, all my records have been like sort of unique in terms of like how I went about working with the people who were playing on the record too. Mm -hmm. The last two records I've done, I walked in completely blind, not knowing who was playing on it. I mean, I knew who I knew of the people, but I didn't know. I didn't have a personal relationship with the musicians at the time, other than right. my engineer producer. Um, but you know, so the last two records have been like that and some good things can come out of it. You know, some really yeah. good things. Um, and it, musically though, too, like I noticed like different sounds and stuff like that in this one in particular. Mm -hmm. Um, and you work by yourself primarily, right? I mean, aside from like a couple of times you said you have musicians with you, whatever, but you like to experiment with sound and stuff like different things for the guitar. Totally. And it's, it was an ensemble, you know what I mean? It was like, um, the reason why I chose the musicians that played on it because I've heard them on other records. And okay. It's just being that, you know, I do write the songs alone. Um, mm -hmm. I do primarily just perform alone when I'm playing a live show, but my records, it's a different animal. You know what I mean? I like, I like to have, I like to collaborate on that kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's fun to just like have an idea in your head and, maybe not knowing exactly how to musically express that idea because i don't i don't i don't um i don't read music you know okay so i don't i don't have the language of you know um you know songwriters who actually read music and communicate with each other it's a different kind of a thing we use a lot of metaphors and like make this sound like it's underwater right right, right okay um and then That's the, cool. the, a good musician just knows what to do you know mm -hmm. Um, so there's a lot of that going on. A lot of like, what's the sound picture on this? You know, what's That's awesome. the overall feeling? That Is that kind of how you like, do you, do you see things lyrically, like um, musically first? Or do you have like images in your head of how you want things to go? It's both. I mean, when I'm writing a song, it's usually, it's usually the music side of it first. Like it's okay. usually not, uh, there's usually not words. I was mm. thinking about this too. I could be wrong about this, but. I love doing cover songs mm -hmm. that that I something that I resonate with that I feel like it can bring something new to. Nice. So somebody was asking me to cover Tracy Chapman "Fast Car." Oh, right? nice. That's a great, awesome song. song. Yeah, yeah. I, the song I love it. You know, yeah, beautiful song. Chapman. But when I was going to cover it, I'm like, I was in my studio by myself and I recorded this song and I'm like, uh, okay, I'm done. Listen back to it. And I'm like this sounds fucking terrible. <laughs> like, this is horrible. I couldn't even show it to my my friends who I trusted, you know? Right. Because I knew, I knew, like, I had a friend, like, let me hear it. I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> it's, 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 it's hysterical. And then I was thinking, like, I think, and I could be wrong, but I think she wrote the words before she wrote the music to that. Because the way she fits the words into the piece it's like i'm gonna cry. like this is this word is going in this spot has to yeah it's like molded to fit the music right and i work backwards usually from that i i have an idea that i might have like um some sort of like a vowel sound or a you know whatever i might just have a mumble or something like that mm -hmm. with along with some chords right and then i'll take that and try to figure out what it's saying like with words you know what i mean right right but I, it's usually it's very rare for me to fit an entire like lyric you know um 
you know, just a just a, a series of words to to then find a home for it. You know, yeah. I usually don't work like that, but some people do. So it's interesting that you mentioned that, too, because I always wonder what the process is for that, because I feel like, you know, uh, everybody takes creative license in whatever they do. But there are some times where I'm singing a song and I'm like, what was the lyric to that thing or whatever? And I'll look it mm-hmm. up and I'm like, there's no way they fucking say that word. And it's that, you know what I mean? Like it sounds, yeah. they just have to twist it. And that's interesting that you said it's probably because they put the, you know, the lyrics first and then did the music later. And yeah. Like, I think that can happen. Yeah. You can tell a, like you can, there's a lot of Bob Dylan songs like that. Oh you, yes. You, you can tell. Yeah, absolutely. Um, There was a, my friends and I were out one night and I love that song. Great song. Fast car. Somebody made it into a club remix and I felt so wrong. <laughs> yeah, I don't know like, about that. Yeah, I'm like, you know the song, you know what it's about. And all of a sudden, and they did it with, it wasn't even like somebody covered it. They just took her voice and her song and then added some club beats to it. And we're just mm-hmm. dancing to this woman's childhood and her dad is now, you know, and just like, none of this, none of this feels right. <laughs> it is weird. I think that's a, it's a strange way to do a cover song because you, I mean, for me, I'm trying to understand what the sentiment in the song is. Even if yeah. I'm going to play it different, I want to know what the feeling is in the song, you mm-hmm. know? Um, like, you know, I covered this song uh, by Richard Thompson called 1952 Vincent Black Lightning. Okay. A song about a motorcycle and a girl, like a tragic uh, love story, right? Right. I don't think that works as a bluegrass number, you know? <laughs> like when, when you, there's and and i'll get like stuff thrown at me for saying that because there's some <laughs> famous bluegrass versions of the song but right i don't think it works as like a happy um you know quirky kind of a bluegrassy nasally piece i don't think so yeah not, yeah not to me you know so it's important to me you know yeah. to capture the sentiment of the song that's actually kind of awesome man i respect that you kind of like did a thing and you were like you know what I'm not putting it out because <laughs> I don't think it does the song. Yeah, just not yeah. everything works, you know. Yeah. Not everything works. That's I've tackled many songs that I'm like I can't bring anything to this, you know. Right. Is there one you, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I was gonna say, is there one that you love to do live? A cover song? Yeah, when you're touring. Yeah, I love. Um, there's a lot of Leonard Cohen songs that I love to do because mm-hmm. I feel like I can really get behind the lyrics to them. Right. And the melodies are great. The melodies are so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, another real fun one for me is, is uh, Jolene, Dolly Parton. Mm. Yeah. Because, great song. because my version of that, I base off of a YouTube uh, experiment, I guess, uh, with that song. It came out years ago. And it's just like, um, it was taking the actual original track mm-hmm. and it was just, it was just sped down, sped down. Can you say that? Sped yeah. Down. <laughs> um, and now. It, yeah, it yeah. was, it, it was like halftime or something. Wow. And, but it's, it's her voice. It's just, she sounds like androgynous because it's like somewhere in between male and female voice. That's really cool. And, but the groove is so, it's so cool. Nice. It's like half the speed. And, and so I was like, I want to, I'm going to play this song like at that speed, you know, yeah. pretty much. So, so that's kind of a fun one to play. And yeah, cool. just, I, I, I love, I get a lot of joy out of covering other people's stuff and putting my spin on it, you know? Nice. 
what were, who, when you were younger, like, were you always interested in music, like first, first love kind of a thing? Or did you want to do something else? No, totally. I mean, I had some other interests I had, uh, which I still do. Uh, I was really interested in uh, indigenous technologies and um, living off the land and uh, nice. wilderness survival kind of stuff. And Even if I didn't know who you were, I would get that kind of vibe from you. You have a voice of a guy who who lives, who knows how to chop down a tree and make a log cabin. I look like somebody who would watch somebody do that and be like, that's really impressive. But like you seem like you would know what to do with that. Well, I did spend some time when I was when I was younger. I used to uh, go on these like survival outings. And wow, I went to I had I had some instruction, different people who were kind of experts in that. Mm -hmm. And um, I loved it. And then sort of what I took with me that I still do is forage. You know, I, wow. uh, I, mm -hmm. I have a YouTube, uh, series called, can I eat this? It's like, <laughs> um, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's partly entertaining. It's partly kind of humorous and, and a little bit of, you know, instructional where I just yeah. go out, show people what they can, uh, harvest, you know, that's growing right around them and, um, and, you know, go home and cook it up. You know, how I love that. How handy was that when the world was somewhat ending and you were just like, but you all want to know what you can eat now, don't you? Yeah, it was. It's pretty cool to have in your back pocket. I mean, yeah, it's it definitely is something that you have to. It takes time to get good at it, you know, because there's so many variables to it and you obviously you don't want to get poisoned or anything like that. Right. But um you know, it's, it's really fun. It's really fun to go out when you know what you're, what you're mm -hmm. doing to go out in the woods, harvest things that you take home and you cook and you're like, holy shit, this is better than anything I could find in the grocery store. Right. And nobody's selling this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's pretty What's cool. What's the trial and error process like that though, when you're just learning it? I mean, is it, you know, how, how, uh, did you ever like accidentally eat something you shouldn't have? Yeah. But I go to see miracle max. Oh, and he 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 cures me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, um, I love no, a it's, uh, reference. It's it's um it it's kind of like uh you know, your trial and error is really like don't just use common sense, you know, sure. because like you can you can most things some like poison ivy yes some things yeah. that can irritate your skin but you can you can touch a lot of things mm -hmm. you know you can really get up close and get to know something and look it up and cross reference in a book there's tons of resources now yeah. you know it's putting it in your mouth right away before you know what it is that's the problem right you know right I mean? yeah. uh and there's some things that you know there's some things that are they're not necessarily like poisonous gonna kill you but they'll fuck you up you know yeah and um we have a few of those even in like the northeast you know we have some we have a few really toxic mushrooms that'll kill you you know um Jesus. we have some very toxic plants but the vast majority of stuff is either you know not really edible or in a lot of cases is edible and then in you know some cases is incredible you know so yeah. it's like it's it's a vast really and nice. a, a lot of it is still being discovered 
That's awesome. Have you thought yeah. about taking it on the road at all? Like, and when you go to different places, kind of filming at each place, showing people what they can eat? Yeah, I have, but it's just, it's just the, the um, logistics of doing that and handling a tour. It's been right. really tough because I'm an army of one, you know, doing right. it all. So I have yeah. a, a small, very small film crew when we've mm. shot the uh, episodes to Can I Eat This? But that was the goal. We wanted to like uh, take it on the road, but it's just, you know, logistically a challenge. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially because like, I feel like <clears throat> the farther you go with it, you know, like you said, we have some stuff here, mushroom wise and all that other stuff and plans or whatever. But like, I don't know, man, I feel like there's places around the world and stuff you could easily go and find some really bizarre stuff. Yeah, I mean, in general, you know, the warmer the climate, the longer the growing season. And, um, you know, you you get pretty heavy into foraging uh, yeah. heaven, you know. Yeah, what was the turn sure. between doing that for something that like, you know, when you were younger, where you were like, okay, I want to do music instead of concentrating solely on this? Well, it was a matter of can I make a living at this, you know? Right. Um, and music is not something that you can easily say that to either. You know what I mean? It was right. just that, yeah. just that the, at the time I started, I don't know what it's like now, to be honest, to, to be starting now. Um, but when I started in upstate New York, I was playing bars every night, you know, mm -hmm. um, yeah. and just like, a, you know, just like a comedian, you know, you start out in the clubs and um, you start out small and it's it wasn't like you could you couldn't be a YouTube sensation because it wasn't even around. Right. You know, when I first mm -hmm. started. Um, so it was a lot of like a lot of uh, bust in my ass, you know, in the early I still bust my ass, but it's yeah. not in the same way, you know? Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, there was, a, there was a hustle there, but I knew that there was more promise to earn a living with music rather than, you know, foraging. Some people do it, you know, some people. Yeah. Which is funny because really it's, it's hot right now. Like that. It is. I mean, it's way more than it was when I started out. Um, and there's way more resources. There's this guy called Forager Chef who's doing some incredible things with, with wild food. It's got excellent book out. He's, uh, um, his name is Alan Burgo. He's a, he's a chef, but he's also a really, really talented forager. So he combines the two and nice. he's, he's a, got some fascinating stuff out there. People have such a weird thing. Like I will try, I mean, there's some foods I definitely won't eat. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's some weird stuff. Like I've never had yeah. Really? Yeah, man. I won't, there's just some stuff that I think tech, like a texture wise, I won't. Yeah, I, won't I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Like but, what? Like tongue. I won't eat tongue or any kind of. Um, I'm not gonna um, lie. I've had tongue. Prepared really properly. Yeah, yeah. I'm very adventurous with food. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. What, I mean, what? I would. I would definitely try it. I haven't had. I've been. I've eaten some. I've eaten some things that people would would probably find disgusting, like mice. I've eaten mice. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. What they they were actually like? better than better than chipmunks because I've oh. eaten those. Nice. Um, I was on a survival trek for about 24 days when I was um, in my early 30s, and I was foraging for plants and stuff. But I was also trying to trap small game. Okay. Yeah. And mostly it was just mice. You know, I was trying right. to get squirrels, but mice were going in the trap. So I ate those, and they were fine. Yeah. Um, they, there just wasn't a lot to them, as you can imagine. You know. Right. But like, 
meat wise, there's stuff I would try, but I don't know. There's there's certain parts of the animal where people are like, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. But they say the most nutrition is in like organ meats and all of that type of stuff. I know, I know what you're saying. It's just Listen, yeah. whatever DiCaprio ate from the bear. That now nah, I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think well, what I noticed too when I was out and I was essentially. uh I was losing so much weight on this trek uh, wow. that it really does. When you when you get hungry and you're burning that many calories uh, that fast, you you know you pretty much are ready to eat anything. Oh, okay. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, a mouse looks real fucking good. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. but I will say though, being outside of that and being like normally well fed. Mm -hmm. uh, I I have a problem with just things like um like oysters. I I don't understand it. I won't eat oysters either. Well, cuz like you're not you're not like you're not chewing it, nope. right? Sucking it no, down. Really. So sucking yeah. it down, how different of an oyster? How different is it than just like, you know, like having a phlegm ball in your mouth? Right. You know what I mean? I mean, it tastes so much better. Nah. <laughs> No, I'm super adventurous. But like, right? so like I feel so. Like... It's so it's the flavor, but you're putting like hot sauce on it and stuff, right? Butter um, and hot sauce. I think sometimes you'll just do. eat it because the brine tastes so good. So depending oh, on where they're, they're taking, uh. it does. You know what's funny? I've had okay. So now I like certain restaurants, like even nicer restaurants. They'll serve things and they'll name them nicely, but they're not like <laughs> like sweetbreads, right? Sweetbreads. Oh yeah, just, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah just glands. Like, there's, oh, no, there's, there's um. Have you ever had blood sausage? No, but I've seen it. Yeah. Are you a fan of that? I've never I'm, had it, but I don't I'm, know if he's... Okay. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of blood sausage, but I mm. ate it because I never want to be disrespectful to the people serving the food. Sure. But I yeah. was like, I don't I don't think this is one of the things that I could really get yeah. into. Yeah. You know? I gotcha. I have but, eaten yeah. stuff because I've been over somebody's house and they want you to try it. And that's always like my... I'm always like... That's why like I learned to just be like... If somebody's like, you want to stay for dinner? And I'm like, what are you having? You know what I mean? Like, oh, I don't know if I have to peace out or whatever. But like, I've done dumb shit where like for a while I couldn't, uh, wasn't really good with whole milk, right? Which is like a weird thing, I guess. I don't know. But uh -huh. everybody seems to be, you know, cookies and milk. Yeah. Couldn't handle it. Went over to my friend's parents' house and she had whole milk and cookies set out for everybody. And I didn't <laughs> want to be that guy who was like, mm, actually, right. I can't really. And I was like, here we go. And I just drank the whole thing and ate cookies. And then right. they're like, we're going to the movies later. And I'm like, I'm not. I'll see you guys. <laughs> You're like I'm going <laughs> like, to the bathroom. Yeah, I'll be I'll be seeing you. Wow. Yeah. 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 And it was uh but I but yeah, it's weird. Yeah, the the tongues, I know um one of my friends tried um it was like bull testicle soup. I don't know what it's actually called, but they and I was like Rocky Mountain know. oysters. That's what those it's, are called. Yeah, yeah. That's what those yeah. are called? No. I yeah. I wouldn't be able to do it. I agree. I mean, you know, I'd have to be on a survival track and uh, Yeah. I have Maybe to be really starving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't but think I would. It. They love it. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, they're like, oh no, it's so fucking good. And I'm like, you're out of your goddamn mind. You know, the other thing is too, is like, I feel like those kind of things, they pulled a 180 because it's like, they'll be really expensive. You'll go to a nice restaurant yeah. and the stuff on that list. And I'm like, how is this right. more money? Right. <laughs> it's so right. gross. Yeah. I but I know people to... who can't do sushi and I love sushi. I don't, I won't eat sashimi because of the texture and because it's literally just, a slab of raw fish and that's i'm like it. you're not yeah. gonna wrap it up in something for me yeah, yeah 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 it's weird 
I would love to try that survival trek, though. I think that would be such like it. It's a liberating experience to live off of the world without totally the process. Totally. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it was um especially because we're we're just like you know our brains have just not been acclimated to that. You know, we didn't grow up in cultures that that did yeah. that. You know, and so yeah, especially if you're by yourself, it can be pretty jarring. You know, but yeah. I. I had this one of the coolest experiences out there when I was out for 24 days by myself is I built this shelter, which was kind of like it, it kind of resembled a large loaf of bread, you know, <laughs> and it was just from, you know, just found materials um, out there on a the hillside mm. in the forest. And um, it was, you know, if you build them thick enough, the walls thick enough and the roof you know, thick enough. Um, it keeps you warm, keeps you warm, keeps your body warm, even in yeah. the, the cold weather. And it feels like you're inside of a womb. You know what I mean? It's really cool. Wow. And like how we're, when we're in houses, you know, I'm sort of addicted to like the, um, white noise, uh, Oh, machines. Yeah. 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 And because, and this makes sense. And I was, uh, my girlfriend and I were talking last night about, um, how you know the difference between like how there's like white noise and brown noise and pink noise i don't even like what the hell is that like yeah, <laughs> what does the color have to do with the kind of noise i don't know right. but but um you know i think it's i think why that helps me sleep and maybe why it's like a thing i mean when we're in houses it's like kind of unnatural you know there's no sounds really you know what yeah. i mean yeah. But when you're outside, which is how people slept for, you know, thousands of years where they could hear the outside sounds, even if they were in a hut or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. um, you I missed that, you know, and I didn't realize how much I missed it and how much sound sleep I have with, you know, having having some sort of ambient constant sound, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when I was in the shelter, it's like really cool because you can hear you can hear like um, the owls and the coyotes and all the insect sounds at night and trees falling from very far away in the forest. You know, wow. I had one tree next to me that I was hoping wouldn't fall, but, uh, <laughs> but answering the age old question. Um, there's, there's like, I, I'm one of those people that there's a storm. I sleep so much better with the window open. I'll even do it in the dead of winter when like, you know, it's too cold out because I like having the window open. I like hearing the wind. Yeah. Uh, I sleep so much better that way too. I did download a white noise thing, but, uh, or not, not maybe it wasn't white noise, but it was like a rain forest kind of thing or whatever. Yeah. I gotcha. Yep. Yeah. And that actually, I, cause I, for, I have a trouble sleeping for like, I don't know, especially during the pandemic. Cause I think I was just used to being out so late like on the road going to comedy clubs and all the other stuff and then i couldn't do anything so i was still awake at two or three o'clock in the morning like trying to you know mimic whatever i was doing when i was on the road so i downloaded one of those on a on a playlist and it was great and it would like actually i don't know how it works man but it knocks me out um can i just say something that this blew my mind how mm -hmm. well this works yeah so they have i don't know if it's just the one that i had but they have these stories like sleep stories have you ever tried that no holy shit it's it's so good because they they purposely talk intentionally slower <laughs> and the stories are like really 
drawn out and on the surface, not that interesting. And the idea is like, you're, you know, you're getting sleepy just by listening to these people. But yeah, this one woman was doing the voice and I listened to this every single night for a month and it's 45 minutes. It was like a half hour to 45 minutes long. The story, I think, Mm -hmm. but I have no clue what the story is about at all because I fall asleep within 10 minutes. All I know is like, and she came to a bear. There was a clearing in the forest. When she looked at the bear. And then I'm out. You know, And then it's like, what? I wonder what, what actually happened in the story. I have no idea. I got to try that. Dude try it man it really worked and for me i had to put it on like barely audible i found that that was the best way it like attacks your subconscious okay yeah maybe attack is not the right word but <laughs> but it like it gets in there better I, yeah. I think when it's just you can just barely hear it you know well that's pretty sweet for me when it was an app or you found the cd like yeah it was you- an app oh, okay cool it was an app that had like different it had like a series of like different stories you can in different voices so if you want a male voice you can get that too you know oh nice different that ASMR is terry gross is really on there big. what's that i said is terry gross on there <laughs> no but i haven't i haven't tried to listen to terry gross to fall asleep but that that might work honestly i, I may just listen to drunk terry gross now yeah you gotta you gotta try it it's yeah worth- <laughs> i'm sorry tom what were you saying I interrupted oh no i was gonna say that asmr is a huge thing like people love uh, like the yeah like the soothingness of it yeah 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 it's really really totally. interesting you know what's weird is that i for the longest time i would fall asleep to the sopranos i don't know why it lulled me to bed like that and <laughs> my, my wife was like how do you sleep to this it's murder yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like a that is weird i've definitely gone to bed with like some pretty dark shit playing on the tv and you wonder how it couldn't invade your in dreams. You know what I mean? But, yeah, it totally. It's an assassin to her because it goes. She'll be in the episode, like whatever, whatever's on the TV. Yeah, it'll totally take over her sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. yeah. I remember That's... being a kid. Speaking of falling asleep with shit on the TV, you know, when you're younger, you're a teenager, you're watching a little Cinemax or whatever. Yeah. But I, I remember legitimately though. One time, I was like, "Oh, this movie's on. I fucking love this movie." Not realizing I was watching it on one of those channels that turns into like porn at two or three o'clock yeah. in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full blast, watching this fucking action movie. I zonk out during the movie. I wake up at like three o'clock in the morning, just hardcore fucking. And I'm just like, my parents must have been like, "Wow, he's really getting a little brazen in his teen." You know, his older like, this doesn't give a fuck anymore. And I was That's like, funny. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Well, how old are you? Me, I'm 37. Yeah. Okay, so I don't know if you if, if if this was the thing, but when I was a kid, we had this uh, like the cable box was like this big brown box with like buttons on it. Yep. Yeah. And there was always one that was like it was like the you know the porn channel, but it would be like all it would Scrambled. be sort of like wavy, but but like there was a second that yeah. it would like be kind of clear. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It was you, really cruel. It really was know, to 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 do that to us. You know what I mean? Yeah, you were like, but, is that an elbow or is it a boob? I don't right. know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. When I would but go yeah. to Brooklyn, uh, my you know they my dad had like an old TV, still the cable box thing, but he had the uh, he stole cable. So you know what I mean? It was whatever that fucking thing was in the back. Yeah. That was sitting there. But I remember the same thing. Those channels that have on. But I noticed if you held the antenna or touched it, your body would clear up the the screen. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) 
<laughs> like holding on to that. I'm like, fuck, I got one. I can't move from this yeah. spot. But if I don't move. That was yeah. the thing with technology back then where you could manipulate the technology by like hitting it or doing yeah. something physical to it. Yeah. If you hit your TV, you know, it would come back on right. And, you know, video games blowing yeah. into the fucking thing. Now, if you on. did that, you'd just break the thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. You would just, things are not made well. <laughs> right. So, so yeah. true. I had a yeah. car, one of my first cars, you speaking of hitting things, um, the speedometer would dip when you were driving a long distance. Mm -hmm. So my friends and I would be going somewhere and all of a sudden we'd be riding and the speedometer just like, boo, and go like to zero. But if I punch the dashboard, it would pop back up. And it became a game, like the first time I did it in front of friends that I was driving with thought I was fucking losing my mind because I just hauled off and punched the dashboard. But it was normal to me. Yeah. And then it would become this thing we'd all play in the game. So my friends would like watch to see when it would dip and then just like reach over the front seat to punch it. And I'd be like, I am driving. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, I know this is fun, but holy right, shit. Right, right. But yeah, I remember doing right. that kind of crap with cars. My one friend had another car that the door handle didn't work, but he tied a rope to it. It was a Gia. He was repairing a Gia. You remember those weird little cars? Kia, I don't remember that car. Yeah, it was like no. a, it was it was this it was garbage. But but you not know. not a Kia. No, no, not a Kia. Okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> those are kind of shitty too. Yeah, those are shitty too. Yeah, no, this is like GI. It was some kind of like foreign. Car. Okay. Um, but he had a he tied a rope to it, and we would when we would turn left, he'd be like left, and they'd have to hold on to the rope so the door would stay closed. Very and primitive. And I'm like swing wow. open. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Wow. That is cool. Yeah, I feel like I you might have bought that. your car from uh, Arthur Franzarelli. I think that's what must have happened, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. You had to say a in order to get. Yeah, yeah, that was what it was. I, I'm um, dying to know a little bit more about the house tours, though. Like, I feel like that's yeah. so interesting to me. Yeah, um, I started that in 2014, I think it was, and the way that came about, I was touring with another band, and we were on tour somewhere, I think, on the East Coast, and uh i had never been to a house concert before but um i was opening for them they were a bigger band um mm -hmm. and they said you know this next show is not at a venue it's at somebody's house and mm -hmm. i was like oh cool so i played it and i thought oh this is kind of different you know what i mean just showing up at somebody's house and playing and the audiences were very receptive and i just filed that in my head this was like maybe 2012 or something and i was like Man, I wanna, I wanna see if I like once I like develop my audience a bit more. That I wanna see if I can try that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then I heard somebody was like doing it as like a. I I just heard in passing a, a little bit later on that oh uh, yeah this person is um he's doing this tour of uh, house concerts. I'm like oh wow cool. Um, so I was at a point where I had. A chunk of people on my Facebook um, uh, fans, and I, you know, it's it's sort of like when, when you're starting out and you're opening for people, right? Mm -hmm. um, usually, you're not doing well, you know, financially on those shows, you know, because right. yeah. a lot of times to get in the door, you sometimes have to open for people who aren't even themselves um, drawing huge crowds, you right. know, yeah. It's sort of mid-level acts at first uh, when you're with a booking agency. And um, so you start doing that and busting your ass for a while. Maybe you get a support tour with somebody that's big, 
you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in the meantime, you're doing all this smaller stuff, and that was me. And I was trying to make ends meet with that. It was really difficult. I do these album cycles, not make any money, come off the road, record. But I was like, okay, I got to think of something here. And the house concert idea came back to me. I'm like, I wonder what would happen if I just put a post on Facebook and said, hey, is anybody interested in having me play at their house? You know? Yeah. And I got tons of emails and, you know, messages from all over the country saying, you know, hell yes. We, how do we, how do we sign up, you know? Yeah. And so I had enough people initially to do a whole tour of the West coast, um, just house concerts. Wow. So 2015, when I came out with my record, Madman, um, we did just that. I had guy following me around with a camera and we shot a few of the house shows we made into like videos, but it was wild. It, It really opened the door, opened my eyes to what's possible with, um fan you know um artist interaction and and how you could take that in the place was genuine and also fulfilling for you know on both ends yeah uh so so yeah i mean if you like if you loved an artist you know and your music you know really means something to them um to have them play at your house is a big deal yeah absolutely uh, so I don't take it for granted. I mean, people get really, um, you know, the connection that's built is is really strong. I end up, you know, I come back to a lot of the same places. Oh, nice. Um, so for, you know, second round, third round, you know, a lot of people just, it's it just works, you know? Yeah. Um, gives me a chance to, like, get to know somebody, get to know a fan, too. Yeah. You know? Because you don't, you, you don't really get that at a club. Right. Um, yeah. And it's small enough, too. I mean, honestly, you can't meet everybody in a club. You know, you right. lose your fucking mind. Yeah. But in a house, you know, there's just a few people there. So it's it's a lot easier. The stories are always interesting, I find. You know, mm-hmm. um, I like hearing about what walks of life people come from and, you know, what they, you know, go through. It's It really is like all over the place in terms of experiences. You know, That's awesome. And that afterward, is, is it is it like a natural thing for you to hang out afterward and talk? I'm sure they want to mingle and stuff. Yeah, it can be. But and most people are really respectful. You know, most people are like, um, you know, we have a room in the back if you just want to go out and chill. Oh, nice. You know, um, it's there, I've had so few shows where it was weird, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, and the vast majority are just really cool and. Um, you know, uh, works out for the both of us, really. And by doing that, too, do you kind of feel better about eliminating any of the excess of like you have, uh, you know, like when you book a theater show or, or a gig or a club, you got like so many people you have to deal with. But in this case, it's just between you and the person whose house that they own, right? Yeah, the best the best takeaway from these shows is that you never have to worry about a parking spot. one of the worst um i mean that's that that is some of the worst uh you know visceral experiences come from not being able to park at a venue you know really yep you're like driving around the venue 10 times 
Yeah. Like first sound check, like, dude, I can't find anything here, man. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but and then they get annoyed if you're asking them where to park and they're like, right. oh man, it's like, dude, it's right. your fucking city, man. I don't know. Right. I'm just here for the day. Like, give me a break. So it's it's a lot more relaxed, you know, it's just generally nice. a lot more relaxed, and I dig that. I'm so glad that you get aggravated about that kind of shit because I always feel like I am alone in that. Like, oh man, yeah, it I, sucks. I, I hate it. I like I'll I'll be fine. I'll be fine driving. So I love driving. I like mm-hmm. traveling. I drove cross country twice. Loved it. But once I get into that area where it's like a crowded city and I got to get to a theater in the middle yeah. of the town square, I start fucking losing my goddamn mind, man. And yeah. then when I find out I have to pay for parking and the signs yeah. aren't clear. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, just fucking tow it. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't care anymore. Right. I've done that a couple of times in New York where, yeah. you know, in the city where I've just like took a risk. I'm like, I, you know. Yep. How good crazy. does it feel when you get away with it, though? I'm like, I may leave my car here forever and stay for yeah. the weekend. No one's yeah, seems to no, it's me. it's pretty awesome. You yeah, feel pretty good about yourself. <laughs> uh, do you remember who the first band was that you opened for that you felt like, oh my god, this is fucking exciting? Uh, Robert Plant. Oh no! Wow, Dude, that is sick. Yeah, it was awesome. awesome. It was awesome, and I was so taken aback by that whole thing because, first of all, my booking agent also books Robert Plant. Oh, nice. And that this is how this meeting came about. And my booking agent called me and he said, he said, uh, uh, Robert was asking um, if you are, would be willing to play, you know, have a, a stand up, an upright bass player as part of your set, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, you know, in my head, I'm like, no big deal. Just play this cool. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah, so you're, Robert's asking me, Robert, Robert Plant's asking me. He's so he's heard my stuff. He's actually sat down and listened to my stuff. Right. All right. But what I actually said was, oh yeah, no problem. I was going to do that anyways. <laughs> got a bass, upright bass player. <laughs> and uh, uh, so we do the show. It's in Port Chester, New York, and his band was excellent. They're really gracious to us. Nice. I didn't expect to that Rob Robert plant would be hanging out in the dressing room downstairs because it was so small it was like somebody's basement you know right that was it was really small my i did have a backing band at that time and we were all down there and um he just was so generous and like just like a regular dude it was hard to separate who you knew that dude was from this dude talking it sounded like he looked like a lion you know, it's big up <laughs> Maine, and it's like, are you from Troy? <laughs> you know, and he because he he had his uh, I guess his twenty first birthday in my hometown. They played like they played mm-hmm. at oh, a big nice. show back then, so he remembered that. Cool, um, old town in Troy, New York. Um, but awesome. yeah, it was it was awesome. It was a yeah. great great cool. experience. It is weird when you meet people like that for the first time, and like it's either one of those situations where like I've met you know, a comic I got to open for and work with where I like black out and I just try to act as cool as possible. Yeah. And then afterward you freak out afterward, you're driving home and you're like, holy fucking shit. Yeah. 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 And it's weird because you're like, did they experience me the same way I experienced them? Or they have no recollection. Did they, did they I, meet I think, me and then go, who the fuck was that? Guy? Right. Right. I, <laughs> maybe if it's weird enough, they would remember it. But like a yeah. lot of times, you know, and I'm going to give myself away to some people here, but a lot of times like, people will see me on the street and say, you know, Hey, remember, you know, you said this to me and 
you know, I might say, oh, okay, cool. But I have no <laughs> clue who this person is. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't know because like, I, you know, when you, when you're playing so many different places, you see so many different faces. Right. Whereas this person who had the experience, you know, you might be just a handful of people that, you know, uh, you know, um, they had this connection, this kind of connection with. So yeah, right. if they were seeing as many faces all the time, it might be confusing for them. But so for somebody yeah. like me, that's it's hard to keep that in memory unless it's very strange. Like I remember, you know, the ones that stick out are the ones that are like really bizarre, you know? Sure. I almost want to hear one, don't you? Yeah, I know. I was like, I was like, I'm waiting for a good one. Like, actually, well, I had a guy. <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this, but <laughs> this I, I, I had a dude that was like. So I was playing this venue. I don't even remember where it was, but the the dressing room room was in the basement of the venue, mm -hmm. and it was a bit of a hike to get down there. Yeah, and so um, after the set, I I pretty much like to go somewhere where it's quiet. You know, right. so I'll go back in the dressing room after I'm done. I'll usually sign stuff for the fans and stuff and be out by the merch. But then I like to go hide. And I was down in the dressing room and they had a bathroom in there. And I was in the bathroom and I heard some like movement outside in right. the dressing room. I'm like, oh, it must be staff. And I opened a door and it was some fan that was like right standing at the door to the bathroom <laughs> ready to meet me. And it was just like, oh, uh, hi, you know, <laughs> right? Are you okay? And he was just like really nervous, um, kind of like in my memory, it was like a kind of a George McFly kind of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> get your damn hands off her! You know, like I know he didn't talk like that, but in my mind, that's what I'm saying. Oh, I God. just want to say, I really. I love your music. Your music has inspired me. Um, wow. But it, it was just jarring because of the context. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, when, when a fan gets that close in a weird way, it's like, uh, um, it can be weird, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a funny story. I, I'll tell you this. I, I was recording my, the latest record in Wisconsin and, um, the the studio was a barn it was an, a, a barn that had been converted into a studio really cool wow. and it, cool. it was this at this engineer's house um who he owned the property it was a few acres and he had this barn on this uh, plot of land and you couldn't see like main roads from you know being in the in the yard part of where the studio was mm -hmm. And it was nice. It was really kind of private. And uh, we'd be inside the barn recording. And then we'd take a break and come out. It was in the springtime. Some of the days were nice. Yeah. So me and the engineer are on the picnic table in front of the barn, but outside in the yard part. <laughs> and we're sitting there. And the rest of the guys, are everybody else is in, in the barn. They can't see us. And we're sitting there. And I see this minivan that's driving on the grass just shows up out of nowhere on this lawn and is coming right for us <laughs> me and my friend troy were sitting right. on the bench and they he they weren't driving fast but mm -hmm. they were rolling towards us <laughs> and my first thought was like oh this is like somebody who's a family member of the guy who owns this place because no who else would be driving on the grass like right. this, you know yeah and 
the car pulls within inches of us, stops, thankfully stopped. And uh, the window rolls down and, and it's just some older bald dude. And he's just like, he's picking his teeth with something. And it almost, he almost had like a serial killer vibe. Like that's, you know, what I got from it. And he stares at me for a minute uh, for what seemed like an uncomfortable, you know, few moments. And mm -hmm. he said, like, tell me what you would think if this is the first thing out of somebody's mouth who within this context of driving over the lawn and he was very relaxed and he's like, you ever been on TV before? <laughs> that was his first line. And actually, I, 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 I said, yes. Mm -hmm. um, and he's like, yeah. And then he and then he paused. And then I said, were you uh, ever on TV? He said, yeah, matter of fact, I was. <laughs> and I said, oh, really? What did you do? Now, me, me, meanwhile, I'm thinking this guy is going to kill all of us. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? Like he's got his in the back of the minivan is a series of weapons. You know, he's going to kill everybody. <laughs> so he's like, I was uh, I was on David Letterman. And uh, I was like, oh, really? For what? He's like, well, I have this ability where I can open two cans of beer without using any appendage on my body and I can pour them into a glass. And uh, he said his name was Doug. He took, said a few other things and then he drove off. It's like he had to, he had to get that out, you know? And the engineer of the studio comes rolling out of the bar and he's like, who the fuck was that? And I was like, dude, I don't know. I thought you knew him. He said his name was Doug. And I told him what he said. So we Googled him. And you can Google Doug. If you Google Doug 1993, right. David Letterman, a show will pop up. It's pretty grainy. But it's Doug. It's that guy. And he's doing a stupid human trick where he takes beer cans and he somehow they stick to his head. And he's able <laughs> to just pour them um, oh my God. into a glass. And he was on the show twice. Wow. Wow. He was that good that they brought him back on. That is but, the that is the core of self-promotion. He drives around and finds people in a field. Yeah. I was one of I don't know how many. I'd like oh. to think I was one of maybe 10. Wow. You know, but maybe it's more than that. That's fucking hilarious. See, yeah. that that makes sense. That guy you remember forever. You're never gonna let go right. of Doug. Never gonna forget Doug, and that was the point. I wonder how he he's want to be forgotten. Yeah. No. And yeah. now we know who Doug is. Right. 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 I am I am facilitating his dream. <laughs> right. And I'm not gonna lie. Me. I'm gonna right. go and Google him as soon as we're right. done. That's the whole point, man. Doug has got me. Absolutely. Got me. I hope he's doing well. That'd be great if you were like, and now he opens for me. Um, right. <laughs> I right. found him. <laughs> Oh my God. That is yeah. fucking wild. I've never had, I mean, you know, I've had, I had somebody one time freak me out by finding my hotel room and I didn't actually come to it, but I was like leaving my hotel room after a gig, closed the door and they were coming down the hallway and they were like, well, we we're just coming to find you. And in my head, I was like, how did they know where? <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and, we're, and I was like, oh, well, I'm leaving. Let's go together. And I'm just walking with these people like, now, how do I get out of this situation? That's a tough because, one. Yeah. And yep. I was like, and that was it. And then uh, we were just walking down the fucking street together. And I was like, anyway, I got to go. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was just a nice little stroll for a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, thanks for you know finding me. They were mm-hmm. plastic. I mean, they would be plastic, sure. but yeah, it was. That's the only time you're bold enough to find somebody's hotel room right. after a show. Right, we're right. buds, right? Right. No, but yeah, maybe as long as you don't kill me. Right. <laughs> Fucking crazy, dude. I gotta ask you about um, one of my favorite songs that you've done. Um, uh, to leave something behind. Yeah. Um, literally one of my one of my favorite songs uh, ever. And uh, but does that have like a? I mean, obviously it's got deeper meaning to everybody. But like, does that have a deeper meaning to you? What made you write? that song and i'm sorry i'm sure you've been asked this before but i just find it fascinating man it's it's a great i love the um just the concept to leave something behind like everybody i know feels like they want to leave their mark or you know they want to create something to outlast their you know you know mortality Mm -hmm. and stuff that so was that the idea behind it yeah but there wasn't a whole lot of forethought into it it was one of those things that's like um you know, there's an element of if you if you do this long enough, um, if you follow the uh, rabbit, you know, with songwriting, it it can lead you to places occasionally where it's like the songs feel like they're gifts. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they feel like, wow, like uh, that's got an energy all to itself, and it's sort of like has its own brain. It goes where it wants to go. You know, kind yeah. of a thing. And when you when you write something like that, it's 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 almost like you can stand separately from it. It's really weird experience because Mm. I wrote it, but it's like I do have the feeling that it's somehow separate. Um, But the sentiment of it, I think at the time I was fueled by um, I was on tour a lot. I was going overseas a lot. And also my son was um, he wasn't born. He was he was in the womb, you know. And I knew my life was going to change, you know, mm-hmm. um, big time. I was on like on the on the verge of that, you know. Yeah. So there was so many things, emotions and stuff rolling around in my head. And um, sometimes when that boils and it's like sometimes it just comes out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the the way that the lines work together in the song, it kind of surprised me. You know, it's just one of those songs that I feel like, you know stands on its own and it was it was kind of like a fitting i guess in a way that it didn't i wrote it six years before the uh, before it came out in the movie wow you know um and nobody really heard the track because it didn't make it wasn't on any of my records Uh, okay and um i in hindsight i could have put it on the record but i never thought it quite fit Mm-hmm. um on the previous albums and i released it as a seven inch vinyl before it was on the um before it was in the film right uh, so it was hard to access you know people didn't really have access to that song but i always felt really strongly about it so when it when the film came out um that was huge because yeah it was not only like the exposure but it was also the way they placed it in the film was a really really good i was gonna ask if you had anything to do with the placement of it no i didn't even know until i saw the film going to see it myself where they put it Hmm. um but it was well placed yeah yeah i mean you can't ask for a better placement at the very last scene of 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 a film you know yeah um so so yeah it's been good to me and you know there's been uh so many new people coming to my stuff 
And right. uh, it's a lot of them have come because of that song initially. Wow. Yeah. And it, what's cool about it too is it's both, I think, uh, a sad song and a happy song at the same time. Yeah. Like get right. a lot of. Right. Like it's, right. it's got a wave of emotions that I feel like right. no matter what mood you're in, you can right. appreciate it, which yeah. is awesome. That's true. Yep. Do you like that whole, um, you know, I mean, obviously every artist kind of likes getting their songs in movies, but like, you know, I've talked to a couple where they don't get to choose the placement of it and they kind of get like, oh, that might not be a bad, like a great use of the thing, even though the money's good. Is that like, do you ever think about that kind of stuff? Not so much in film. I, I'm because like, I'm not sure I could even, I mean, with, with that, even with that song to leave something behind. Mm hmm it's always weird to be the one that's written a song that's recorded the song to hear it in a film because to me it there's a weird sort of uh of a, a feeling that i can't remove myself from the mechanics of it right so when i hear it i'm hearing like the i'm i'm seeing me play it in the studio and i'm hearing the, the you know just all the back end stuff of it too. Right. So I don't get this overall feeling of how it's actually married to the to the scenery, you know? Okay. It, I had a, it's a kind of a jarring experience where it just feels like is somebody just playing my song on a on a on a you know on their iPhone or something while this uh scenery is playing because right, it feels right. like it's not you know it's not in there. So I can't be a good judge of that. But I will say that I love I love um, film, marrying film with music because I will write songs like specifically for film, you know? Oh, nice. I think that it, I just love the medium. And mm -hmm. um, I do think, I mean, so far, I think the ones that have been chosen, I think have been placed pretty well. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think, yeah, I guess, I guess I answered that. I mean, Oh yeah, I love well, it. I, I think it's great. Yeah, there's a, I, I, we've talked about it before a bunch of times on the show too. But I love. I think music and movies. I think they can help carry the narrative of anything if totally. they're placed well, and totally. I, and they make total sense. But there's also like I have like a loyalty to it too. Where like, uh, do you ever watch the show Scrubs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Love that show. Yeah. But for some reason, I don't know the technicality of it, but like, um, anytime they stream it on TV, they don't have the rights to the music to the songs that go with it. But, you know, Zach Braff and a bunch of those people who put the songs together for the shows, they're very specific and they're very mm, yeah, well placed yeah. and they mean something. Yep. It throws me off if I see it anywhere else and they don't have the original music into it because I'm so locked into the visual and the story and everything else. That's you interesting. Know? When it, So when it's streamed, they have different songs? Yeah, they don't have. From, it's like something with Castle Rock. They don't have the or. um I think Castle Rock Entertainment has the rights to the music that they that they bob specifically for the songs. So if oh, it's wow. streamed on like Hulu or Netflix, they don't have a relationship. Oh, so they literally weird. have to put yeah, in yeah. these unknown last minute like right. tracks. That's weird. That have yeah. nothing to do with the episode. Yeah. And it throws me off. Yeah, I get it. But now I, I got yeah. really into it after that because I didn't realize that was a thing. I didn't know. Yeah, I, that's know. the first time I'm hearing that too. What's crazy too is we've had people play their songs like music on on the show. Like they've been like, "Oh yeah, let's do something." I'm like, "Oh great." Mm -hmm. We get flagged for copyright infringement when it's the actual person playing the song live and it's really and there's nothing I can do about it. I know because sometimes I will be doing a live stream playing my own songs <laughs> and I'll get flagged. Amazing. Yep. That's so yep. wild. I never even thought of that. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah. yeah they're like uh you can't actually they, they, i think one of them was like could you tell it so they wrote back to me and they're like uh could you give me a reason why you think you're allowed to use a song and i'm like yeah because it's his song yeah <laughs> like yeah. He's, he's right there yeah it, it gets kind of murky yeah that stuff yeah um well dude i gotta i we, i gotta let you go but we've uh i love the time spending with you man it's been yeah great. awesome um, yeah i gotta great. ask you the big three questions that we ask every sure. guest though first question if you can go back in time and talk to your younger self what piece of advice would you give yourself today that would help you? Um, probably. I would probably say to um, enjoy the game, you know, mm -hmm. enjoy the game, you know, yeah. just don't don't yeah. take it so seriously. You know, a lot of heartache, I think, comes from um, not realizing that you're only here for a limited time anyway. So you might as well, you know play the game and enjoy yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Love that. Yep. Uh, second question is what had to end in your life, good or bad that led you to where you are today? Um, that's a really good question. Thank what you. had to end? Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> expectations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, wow. you can never do, I have a line that, uh, uh, I haven't put what's in a song, but I haven't released the song, but it's, um, that you can't, it's called diminishing returns. It's, uh, the idea that you can't do, you can't do a, the best thing twice, right? You can't, wow. yeah. you know, you go to look for it and it's not there, you know? Yeah. So I'll, uh, you know, if you start to expect something and you start to look for it nine times out of 10, you won't find it, you know? You gotta yeah. let go of that stuff. That's great, man. That is great advice. Um, and the last question is ties into the show. It's one of my favorites. Um, if this is a genuine dystopia, almost like the cover of this uh, album, a little fire going on, you don't know what's mm -hmm. going on in the sky, uh, alien zombies, whatever. What's your epic death? How would you want to go out? Ah, uh, uh, Tibetan sky burial. Oh, <laughs> what is that? Oh, look it up, man. Oh, I it's will. Wild. I will. Yeah. Because, because, you know, I'm already dead, but it's pretty cool. They like, I think they like have to make some slices in the body. Right. And they, they, they like throw it off a cliff in these like, uh, ravens or something, you know, some kind of crazy birds will just devour it. You know, maybe it's oh vultures God. or something, but it's wild. But, um, but yeah, I mean. Go out That's and awesome. go out in style. I mean, if you're already dead, the preliminaries are already, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well make great. it make it theatric, you know. You're the first person to ever say that. So that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. It's pretty intense. I checked yeah. it out as he was telling us. I just want to be clear. I want to die in my sleep first. <laughs> then the Tibetan sky burial. After I've Somebody died in my sleep. It up and you're like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's <laughs> not what I asked for. <laughs> He's not dead. Yeah, no. <laughs> You're struggling in the thing as they're like dropping you off. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't think that's him. Um, well, dude, love the new album. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah. And we'll plug the shows and stuff and everything. And this will be out next week on Apple Podcasts and YouTube. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much, man. It's been great. All right, guys. Keep us in the loop. When you're in the area, we definitely want to come check. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Tom's going to have you at his house. I'm going to be there. I think right. I'm going gonna, gonna to have to make this happen. You're Thanks so much, it, man. man. Absolutely. Take care, man. Thanks, Peace. All right. Take care, guys. Thanks. Utopia tonight.